0: My pastor was talking on Sunday about this very thing, about how we can kind of tend to go on two extremes, how either we will overemphasize our sin and that's all we focus on and we completely forget about what Jesus has done for us and how he's covered that sin. We still live in a place of shame and guilt and just beat our head against the wall, so to speak, just based on what we've done in the past. But he said, honestly, in our culture, in in the Western culture that we live in, I feel like it's more common for people to minimize their sin, and they don't really think about it a whole lot.
1: Hey, Faithful Listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the P40 Ministries podcast, and we have a special guest on the podcast. This is Bethany Bilson joining us today. Hi, Bethany. Thanks for being on... Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. And you know, Bethany has a little cold, so she'll be okay, though. Yeah, I do. If I sound a little bit nasally or anything, I'm just I'm just gonna apologize on the front end. I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, everything <laughs> sounds great. I never would have known had you not told me earlier. So all okay, good, good to know. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, Bethany, you might remember me talking about her because um, her co-host of their podcast, Steve was on the P4A Ministries podcast a couple weeks back, or rather a few weeks back. So Steve and Bethany have a podcast called Steve and Bethany's Hopecast. So it's pretty easy to remember because it's just their names and then Hopecast. (laughs) So I hope that everybody listening in can remember that and go over and check out their podcast. But Bethany... Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the uh, Hopecast that you guys do.
0: Yeah. So Steve and I have known each other for a very long time. We worked together at a radio station for about four years um, and we're morning show co-hosts. So we worked together every single morning for that time and then went our separate ways. We both got different jobs, but um, just decided that, you know, the Lord was kind of stirring in us to work together again and to do something outside of radio, but still, in our field of of audio and radio and what we're passionate about. So we decided to launch this podcast a couple of years ago. And um the essence of the Hopecast is just to take questions that people might have about faith and life and those kind of big, complex questions and just make them simple and make them really easy to understand. So, um, our hope is that, what we talk about in our subject matter that we cover on on all kinds of different episodes is true to God's word, obviously, and, and grounded in scripture, but also not compromising on depth while we try to make it easy to understand, you know, for somebody that's maybe new to the faith or honestly, just somebody that's busy and has the podcast on in the background and doesn't have time to pull out a dictionary when we start using really big complex theological words mm-hmm. just to to make those concepts and those questions really easy to understand so that's our goal.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us what you've been working on recently on the podcast.
0: Oh man, if I can remember. Um <laughs> we we've been Having to double up a little bit just with our different schedules, I was out of town for a while. So let me see if I can remember. Um, We actually had the chance to, a couple days ago, do an interview with a woman that's going to be exclusive to our YouTube audience. And she shared her story. So while we typically don't have guests on, it's always fun to mix it up a little bit and hear their stories. So we worked on that. Um, We did an episode recently about just doubting God and doubting our faith and having having those doubts. Is that okay? And what do we do when those thoughts and when those doubts come into our mind? Um, that was the most recent episode and that'll be coming out in a couple of days. So we're excited just
1: about all that God is
0: doing and what he's already done through this podcast. We're thankful.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So I hope that everybody listening in goes over to Stephen Bethany's Hopecast and checks them out. And obviously I'm going to drop a link to them in the bio of this podcast episode. And you know what? Steve is going to be back on the P40 Ministries podcast very soon as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just enjoying you guys. Like <laughs>
0: thanks. Well, we're we're thankful for your friendship, Jen, and just for your support of the podcast. Thank you.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you as well. But we're going to talk about Luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 50 today. And so I want everybody to grab your bibles and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's go ahead and start reading this i'm going to be reading out of the w e b version this morning one of the pharisees invited him to eat with them he entered into the pharisee's house and sat at the table and behold a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that he was reclining in the pharisee's house brought an alabaster jar of ointment Standing behind at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with the hair of her head, kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would have perceived who and what kind of woman this is who touches him, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. He said, Teacher, say on a certain lender had two debtors the one owed 500 denarii and the other 50 when they couldn't pay he forgave them both which of them therefore will love him the most simon answered he i suppose to whom he forgave the most he said to him you've judged correctly turning to the woman he said to simon do you see this woman I entered into your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But one to whom little is forgiven loves little. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I just love that. Like The the part where Mm. he's talking about the woman, how she didn't cease to kiss his feet. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's just like brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. I just love that. (laughs) It's a beautiful word picture and... Um, Mm -hmm. I think
0: a good moment for us to kind of analyze how do we approach the Lord in our time? Obviously we can't physically kiss his feet, (laughs) but are we, are we intentional with the time that we spend with the Lord? And do we have that attitude and that posture of adoration and respect and worship when we read scripture and we, when we come into his presence and spend time with the Lord, what's our heart posture? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think, I mean, this is convicting for me. I, I find myself thinking, oh, I haven't read my Bible today. I need to get that done. And it's it becomes a thing of, oh, yeah, I need I need to do that. Rather than this is something that I have the opportunity to do. I get to do this. I get to spend time with my Savior.
1: Mm, yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about that a couple days ago in one of the Leviticus episodes that I was doing about how you know, God put in place community from the very beginning in the Israelite community so that they would have that time to fellowship together every Sabbath day and why that is so important. And so um, one thing I was talking about was my own testimony about how I didn't understand the importance of that and was kind of like, oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I have to do this beforehand. But then now I'm more of a after God has grown me over the years, I'm more like understanding mm. of how I get to do this. This is something exciting. I get to have this fellowship with other people and I just enjoy it. And so yeah, I can definitely understand Bethany where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. Of just the mm-hmm. the difference in a in my own life of how I was before versus now. Yeah. But Bethany, what stood out to you the most regarding this portion of scripture, do you think?
0: Um I think it's it's maybe something that's pretty obvious, but just the fact that there is a woman as one of the main central players in this story that we get to read. um, I think just knowing the context of the culture, women weren't necessarily devalued, but they definitely weren't um, equal to men or, or any kind of, there wasn't mutual respect there for the most part. And so I think just the fact that She's not only mentioned here, but just that, that Jesus acknowledges her, um, and shows her kindness, especially when we don't know this woman's name. We don't know a ton about her, but we do know that she's not someone that had a great reputation. Um, my translation says that she was a woman of the city. So we're taking that as she was a harlot or a prostitute. So someone that did not have a lot of respect to begin with from other people, but Just the fact that Jesus acknowledged her and then was kind to her and more than that offered her forgiveness. I think um, just there's multiple things here, lots of layers, but even though it's a relatively short passage, um, there's a lot here to unpack.
1: (laughs) I've actually heard before that um, the little alabaster jar that she had Mm -hmm. would be something that harlots would wear around their neck to make Mm -hmm. themselves smell better. Hmm. I've actually heard that before. I don't know how true that is, but that's just an interesting um, thing we could think of as well. Is like maybe she wore this around her neck for when she like went and, you know, had her clients or whatever and she wanted to smell good. But now she's giving all that to Jesus. Mm. Like she's literally like pouring out her sins at his feet, if you think about it that way. Mm. And that's why I think Jesus was so kind to this woman and he's saying like, your sins are forgiven you because you're giving up this lifestyle right before my eyes, almost in a sense, by pouring out that ointment that you have around your neck. And so I don't know, I don't know if that's um, true or not, but that's just an interesting cultural perspective yeah, I that hope I've it heard is. before. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And too, too, I think just thinking about the the fact that this was something that was pretty essential to her livelihood, like that was maybe in her, her bag of tricks of like, okay, this, this is one of the things that I use to attract clients or to attract people. You know, the fact that she laid that down, something that she probably spent a fair amount of money on and was essential to her livelihood. The fact that she was willing to literally pour that out and, Mm -hmm. and take away its value in that sense of just laying it at Jesus's feet, I think is a really powerful thing.
1: Right. Right. And then the one thing that sticks out to me, I think, the most is kind of what Simon, this Pharisee, says to Jesus, where he says um, the person who has been forgiven the most is going to be the one that loves the master the most. And that's kind of showing the difference between Simon and this woman. Because Simon's sitting here doubting Jesus, and he even says in his heart, he's like, you know, if this guy was really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is. Like, this is what he's saying in his heart. And then Jesus is like, it says in my version, Jesus answered him. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: just think that's so funny. So Jesus funny. is like fully aware of what's he, yeah. what he's thinking, what's going on. And he's like, before you even say anything, let me just answer your question. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love those moments throughout throughout scripture that it, you know, Jesus, knowing their thoughts said... And, you know, and answers.
1: I love that. Oh, yeah. Jesus, sometimes he has attitude and I just love it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But yeah, so Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. So then he gives Simon this little parable about the lender that had two debtors. And then obviously the lender ended up forgiving them both. One only had, you know, a few sins and the other one had many sins. And this is talking about, I think, the difference between Simon and this woman. But you know, I think also it's just the the lack of acknowledgement of sins is another issue. Mm. Um, and even though Simon may not have sinned in the same way that this woman did, I'm sure he had his own struggles and issues just as anyone does. But because he didn't recognize them inside himself, because, you know, the Pharisees were kind of self-righteous or very self-righteous, I should say, they didn't recognize their need for a savior. Simon just not recognizing the importance of what was happening in his own house here with Jesus is kind of saying something about himself and how he just did not recognize the amount of sins that he had. And Jesus answered him in this very loving way. I think this was just as much for Simon as it was for this woman. Yes.
0: And and the fact that you're right, Jesus could have been much harsher with both of them. But He could have been much more direct in his response, but the fact that he used a parable to make a point, I think is a really kind thing. I think sometimes people respond better when you use an example than just saying, this is you, you know, (laughs) and kind of calling them out directly. But um, another, another thing I love is that this just draws out, I think, a chance for us to be reflective of where we're at, because oftentimes we'll look at someone that maybe has a different story or, or struggles with something, um, or, you know, struggles with a different sin that we maybe don't. And the tendency is to either be judgmental or, or honestly, just to think, well, man, I'm glad that's not me. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad I don't deal with that. And I know that anybody that maybe has a, a, more difficult past or has struggled with something really difficult, like addiction or something like that, they wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, And they would say, I don't wish my testimony on anybody. I don't want anyone else to have to go through the pain that I went through. But, you know, I think we can um, focus more on the sins that someone has dealt with rather than just the beauty of God's grace to save them and the beauty of God's grace to save us. Even if we haven't struggled with those same sins, the, the grace doesn't change. And the fact that God saves anybody and everybody doesn't, you know, doesn't change. It's, it's not something that we should, I, I just think we can kind of get caught too much up in what that person did rather than what Jesus has done for
1: them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, Bethany. So the last thing I want to really focus in on is verses 43 through 50, actually. And, you know, he says to Simon that Simon did not offer him water to, like, wash his feet. And something, once again, I am not very good at um, knowing if this was, like, is culturally accurate or not, but I have heard that when, back in these days, when people would invite people over to their house, a lot of times they would treat the guest as if the guest was, like, the most important thing. And so they would offer the best of the best to the guest. And many times they would anoint the guest. They would um, wash their feet or have one of their servants wash the feet. They would give them the best kind of like meat and food in the house. And Simon kind of didn't do any of this, which is kind of funny. Because Jesus is like, you didn't offer me water when I came into the house. You didn't offer to wash my feet. And yet this woman is sitting here doing you know, what she can do. She's washing my feet with her tears. You didn't offer to anoint me when I came into your house, but this woman is anointing my feet. And, you know, I think that this kind of also shows maybe a little bit where Simon's heart was, of just he elevated himself, and many Pharisees did, to the point where even if they had a guest in their home, They didn't show them like the same, I guess, courtesies, even though they had, they were so rich, you know, the Pharisees were so rich, but they didn't offer the same kind of courtesies that maybe some other person would have offered Jesus. So that part's kind of interesting to me as well, that this woman was here doing what she could do for Jesus, though she didn't have very much. And Jesus is, you know, explaining how monumental this is, really of what this woman is doing and how Simon didn't do that for Jesus. So I I think that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you think Simon would have responded differently if he had viewed Jesus as a more important person? Or do you think Simon was so self-centered that it didn't matter who the other person was? He still wasn't going to wash anybody else's feet. Like, I just wonder if he he would have viewed Jesus as an equal or, you know, a peer, would he have responded a little bit differently?
1: I think so. Yeah. Because imagine if um, the high priest went to Simon's home, you can, I think they would go all out for the high priest, Mm. but yet Simon is not doing this for Jesus. And even in his heart is like st- like doubting Jesus and just being like, oh, he's not a good prophet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I do think that Simon, honestly, if if some important guests were to come into his house, I mean, Jesus is the most important guest he could ever ha- like have come into your house, but he didn't recognize that. But like, say the high priest came into Simon's house, I can imagine Simon yeah. would go all out. That's my personal opinion. I don't really know Simon's heart. Yeah, but yeah. I agree though, yeah. I think because... Kind of what we've said before
0: about Pharisees and really people in that realm being pretty um, self-important and and conceited in a lot of ways. It does make you think: Would they try to put on a front for other people and then turn their back when? When someone appears to be more lowly, which is evidence, obviously, in how he treats the woman here, but um, especially how he treats Jesus. I think you do see that. So I, I fully agree with what you're saying. I think that's true.
1: I think the most important thing is the message of this, which is those who um, have been forgiven the most are those who love the most. And unfortunately, I think in Western culture, we miss that because I think we have so much in America and just in Western culture in general that I think we almost like miss how much we need forgiveness in a way, like how much we need God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think this reminds me actually um, my pastor was talking on Sunday about this very thing about how we can kind of tend to go on to extremes how either we will overemphasize our sin and that's all we focus on, and we completely forget about what Jesus has done for us and how he's covered that sin, we still live in a place of shame and guilt and just beat our head against the wall, so to speak, just based on what we've done in the past. But he said, honestly, in our culture and in, in the Western culture that we live in, I feel like it's more common for people to minimize their sin and they don't really think about it a whole lot. And they're like, yeah. I know Jesus died for me but you know <laughs> I'm not that bad of a person. And so maybe they don't verbalize it that plainly but that's the attitude is my sins not really a big deal. I don't really need to think about what I've done wrong or even changing my attitude and changing you know patterns in my life and relying on on the Lord to guide me and help me in that. Mm. There's not that thought process. It's just like my life isn't that bad. I'm a pretty good person. Mm -hmm. I go to church every now and then, and that's enough. And that's the attitude that we carry in. Um, and I just, I mean, I think it's unfortunate obviously that we don't take sin as seriously as we need to, because I think there's a lot of people that are way too confident in the fact that they are quote unquote Mm -hmm. right with God, but they're not, you know, there hasn't been that true repentance and there hasn't been that true life change. Um, but you see, when people when people are genuine, obviously there is a life change and there is a change in habits and patterns. So um that's just a little soapbox and, and something that you know I, I heard on Sunday and it just stuck with me. But um I, I think it's convicting. It's a really good thought for us to meditate on for sure.
1: I totally agree. I think one of the reasons a lot of people don't come to Christ. Is because of that very thing. They don't understand sin. They don't understand how they've sinned. They don't understand that, yeah, you know, I was, I'm a good person. Like, I don't really need this. I believe in Jesus and all that. That's good enough. Like, I believe, you know, Mm -hmm. that Jesus exists or whatever, but I don't really believe that I need him. And that's kind of what Jesus keeps calling out that we've seen all through Mark. We saw Jesus calling out the Pharisees about that very thing all through the book of Mark. It's just how Jesus is saying like, look, you do need a savior. You may think you're good, but you do in fact need a savior because every single person on earth has missed that mark. It's just impossible. And when we see the glory of God in the Old Testament, I mean, we're going through Leviticus, Exodus, we saw God's glory That the people would just like shrink back, like they shriveled back and like would fall on their faces when God's glory in the minusculest amount would appear because they were so insignificant compared to God who made the entire universe that they would fall on their faces as dead. And yet, you know, people nowadays don't understand how big God is, how above us he is And they think, oh, you know, we're a good person. We don't need that. But, that, you you know, and I mean, that's I think that's the entire moral really of this story is this woman. She recognized her need for a savior because she had done so many things that she was ashamed of. But Simon, even though he probably did a lot of sins, he didn't recognize them because outwardly he was, quote unquote, good. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I think, too it's, it's amazing just how this woman understood that Jesus was some, someone to be respected, someone to be feared, someone to humble yourself in front of, Mm -hmm. and yet she still was able to approach him. I think that's, what's so beautiful too, is that, you know, Jesus is, is our intercessor. He's, he's someone that we can go to and he, um, he understands. So he's at the right hand of the father now, and he's inter- interceding for us and as our high priest. And so I think that's the the amazing thing to see here is that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are, are the same, that he is holy and righteous and just and worthy to be praised. And we should have a, a holy fear um, and a respect and admiration for him, but he's also a God that we can come to with, all of our burdens and all of our worries and our daily things that are maybe small and seem minor, but we can still talk to him, um, and be open with our heart and our feelings. And he, he listens. So he's
1: a God who sees and he knows. Uh Uh-oh, I might've lost Bethany. Okay. I think it's good now. Um, I only missed the last little bit that you said. Uh Uh-oh, there we go. I'm here. (laughs) it just cut out for a minute okay well bethany you know what we're just gonna end it here because i almost lost you for a minute yeah it's okay but you ended it on such a great note you really did bethany thanks so much for being here i really appreciate it
0: this was so great i so appreciate you and just what you're doing i think is really important so i'm glad that the lord is using you in this way
1: yeah thanks bethany i appreciate that so where can people find you So, um, people
0: can find us at Stephen Bethany's Hopecast. Um, so that's the main place, um, where that on social media and all that, and then it's just stephenbethany.com is our website. So if anybody wants to listen to the podcast or find out more about us, stephenbethany.com is the best place to go. And then, like I said, on social media, it's Stephen Bethany's Hopecast.
1: That's awesome. Thanks, Bethany. I appreciate that. And I'm going to drop a link in the bio of this podcast episode. Yep, so that everybody can navigate over there and start following you guys and subscribing to your show. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Happy listening and God bless.